You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Welcome to the XOXO After Dark cast. Today, we are having on bestselling author Lisey Harrison, who has written a book called The Dirty Book Club. Woo. I'm going to let you all guess what that is about, um, and then she will tell us a little bit more about it later. But um, before I get into the meat of the podcast, I want to remind you, as always... Oh, the meat of the podcast. I can't believe you didn't pick that up, Abby. I know. I'm asleep at the wheel today. I really thought you would have made a dirty joke. I know, but I was so happy that you remembered to throw to our site that I was just <laughs> sitting there thinking, what gems from XOXOAfterDark.com will I share? It's so funny because all I could think about was like, she didn't introduce us. She didn't introduce oh, us. Oh, do you introduce every time? <laughs> she does. Oh. I always I always say who's sitting. Okay, well, I'm in the Abby, studio with Abby and in Lauren the studio, today. And Abby is here and Lauren is here and <laughs> I'm Kate. And we are going to talk all things Dirty Books today. Um, okay, back to XOXO After Dark. That is our site where you can check out free reads and fun features and TV recaps yep. and quizzes. And a sweeps right now. I believe when this goes up, you'll have like another day or something to enter it. So go and enter our Get Lucky, Get creepy sweeps of oh, yeah. kind of eerie books for Halloween. You can get a whole prize pack of a bunch <laughs> of books. Uh, I would also recommend checking out our um, very scientific quiz on how your choice of pizza toppings reveals what romance you should read next. So go and take that <laughs> quiz. I feel like you're really pushing at the limits of what science can do. Well... Let's just say I have a, a, a creative and loose relationship with science at the best <laughs> of times. Enough. Science is whatever we want it to be. Right. It's para, para pizza psychology Perfect. is what we built that it's one like out phrenology. of. like phrenology. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we all work in the service of books, obviously. And specifically, we work often on the steamier side of the business. Um, and I think it would be really interesting to talk about the ways in which we as female readers and as female friends and as female editors have found ourselves empowered or disempowered or connected or disconnected um, via dirty books. Well, I feel like even just the term dirty books like ruins Mm -hmm. it for so many women. And I think that there's a real sociological impact these books have on our Mm -hmm. mindset in a positive way. Yeah. Because before women were allowed to wear thing pants, yeah. vote. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. Those little things. Those little things. Yeah. Um, have back, a job. Back when property. women were sacred. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Same have a job. <laughs> have a, prof- you know, yeah. a profession. Uh, never mind read a book that was risque. Mm-hmm. Um, we were much more, um, I don't know, Closed off, you know, completely not what we, the powerful women we are today. And yeah. I do believe these types of things on another level really empower us okay. in an almost subconscious way. I'm allowed to do this. I'm allowed mm-hmm. to embrace my sexuality, which is the final frontier, frankly. Right. I think <laughs> this is a microcosm of, um, in my previous life, uh, where all my nerdery springs from. Please talk about Pamela. Um, I, in fact, will not talk about <laughs> Pamela particularly, but... Um, I want you to talk about your dissertation. That's my dissertation. <laughs> exactly. So uh, my dissertation was arguing that romance is a feminist uh, literature, mm-hmm. and it was modeling feminism for 
women who might have been otherwise hostile to the label. Mm -hmm. But it was feminist in that one of the key things is that it validates female experience and the importance of having one's emotional needs met. Mm -hmm. And that was valued and it was an important goal for someone to have. And it was perfectly acceptable to demand. And Sexuality sex. is absolutely yes. part mm-hmm. of that. Absolutely mm-hmm. part of that. I mean, I think a lot of this was, especially when I was looking, I was looking at romances from the 70s through the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm old now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, those were current at but the time. But well preserved. Exactly. And, and especially sort of early on in the 70s, there were a lot of tropes of like women who had never Rape. enjoyed sex and plenty of virgins, of course, mm-hmm. who were awakened in this manner. But I think that the um we've had a sort of second renaissance with the rise of self-publishing or even before that with the rise of the Mm -hmm. e-reader where suddenly the book covers are not necessarily publicly visible as you're reading on the subway or Mm -hmm. wherever and it opened the door combined with people's ability to claim the means of production and start self-publishing stories and whatever fantasy they want has um they've realized it doesn't have to be one man, one woman, one happily ever after mm-hmm. necessarily, or they seem happy, but I always wanted sex this way. And now they could find this. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely, I think, doing the same kind of modeling empowerment and and uh, not giving permission because there's no authority that's like mm-hmm. yes or no, mm-hmm. but demonstrating that, yeah, this is a thing that healthy other women out there want as well. Right. And you should embrace it if that's what you want. Um I think, interestingly, with what's going on right now with the Harvey Weinstein case um, and the power of women telling their stories and the Me Too movement mm-hmm. um, is the way in which women communicates. And, and I, I'm sure men do this, too, but to me, I'm thinking about a specifically female communication style, which is storytelling mm-hmm. and the power of storytelling and, and the way we use storytelling amongst ourselves to convey very important information, to warn other women or to learn from other women's experiences. Um, Lauren Duca actually tweeted out recently something about the way we are gonna continue to disrupt the status quo via storytelling specifically. I think it it linked to one of her thigh-high politics articles. Um, And this means of, it's it's certainly not scientific to go back to Abby's um, (laughs) It's Blind pizza, spot it's for, pizza science. It's pizza science. But but I think there is something very real about storytelling as message and as information conveying. Ugh. And I know a lot of people who felt empowered even to gain the language. I, I mean, I know we go back to Fifty Shades. That's the best example of this in my lifetime and in my working lifetime. Well, that I, was purely sexual, though, in my mind. Right. And I, I say this for a reason. I had friends who, for the very first time, felt empowered and knew what to say to ask for a thing that they wanted. They didn't have the language before. Got it. A book then enabled them to say, oh, or, or an interesting thing that I saw happen more than once, to highlight a passage and give the book to someone else. Mm. And that, to me, is a very interesting communication style where you don't even actually have to say out loud the thing that you're hoping will happen. And and think of how empowering that is. That is. To get what you need and what you want and to feel intimacy in the way that you are seeking mm-hmm. without having to put the vulnerability on the line of coming well, up with the language yourself. I was just going to say, there's always the rejection potential, but right. you're right. Um, I actually want to go back 
to what you were saying about this female communication and everyone's coming together about the Weinstein. Not to disagree with you, because I do agree that female communication is so huge. Mm -hmm. But for me, and it's not invalidating what you're saying, I just think everybody knew he was a pig. They were definitely talking about it. But his power was so great that nothing could be done. And to quote, I think 10 years ago, Courtney Love was interviewed on a red carpet and asked, what would you tell young actresses trying to make it in Hollywood today? And she was like, I'm going to get sued for libel for this, but don't go. If Harvey Harvey Weinstein Weinstein. asks you to Mm -hmm. go to the Peninsula Hotel Mm -hmm. and go meet him in his room, don't do it. And so the point is, there was communication. Everyone chose to ignore no, it. I'm, mm-hmm. You're you're exactly agreeing with what I'm saying. What Courtney Love was doing was a female communication style of warning other women through yes. storytelling. Uh, uh, okay. I'm not saying everybody it heeded it. Didn't change it. anything. I'm not saying everybody heeded it, but I'm certain that there were young women who heard whispers and who and didn't who, do it. No, I'm not. Who heard them and and that that may not have toppled the structure and it may not actually this time topple the structure. In fact, it probably won't. But. Oh, I think they've made real strides. The jail time that this man will do is going well, to... Well, you're on record for saying that. <laughs> oh, he's going to do some jail time. Oh, I heartily disagree, but... Really? Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, did Cosby is do Cosby jail in time? jail yet? <laughs> oh. Um, but, Case in point. <laughs> but I don't think that it necessarily has to... He's been ruined. We'll leave it at that. I don't think it necessarily has to change anything the way you're thinking of it in a black and white way as just illustrate that the ways in which women try to look out for each other or self-protect, I think, often takes a storytelling bent. Right. It's pre- Absolutely. I didn't disagree with you. I just... Prescripted. Like, right. proscriptive. Proscriptive. I yeah. was taking it a step mm-hmm. further in my head saying it changed things, and it didn't. No. No, it but just I made think them it feel needs, better. But... It, but <laughs> That was small, and Courtney Love then, of course, as you know, all whistleblowers mm-hmm. um, took um, it back. No, no was attacked was viciously punished. and called crazy and slutty. And what does she know? She's mm-hmm. on drugs, and you know, so she was discredited. Mm-hmm. Um, but this and this next swelling, or the Cosby, was mm-hmm. a swelling of voices who were like, "We've been saying for years and years mm-hmm. and been stifled." This is another one, and the people who are talking are like, "Now they're famous people that we know." Right. It takes a village. It takes repeating and repeating. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about what do they say to sell something to someone? Yes, three it takes times a, or something. Seven. Eleven. Oh, I heard <laughs> <Yeah>. seven. <laughs> anyway, something. Multiple. We're not good at science here. <laughs> right. at or math. Or remembering, I guess. Right. But the point is, if you think about how many times. We have to show you an ad for a book mm-hmm. if to, before you think, oh, yeah, I know. I've seen that. Um, it's a this lot. Is, and this is an unpleasant truth that people don't want to deal with mm-hmm. because it is terrible or inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Or like Quentin Tarantino today was up saying, I, knew I wish I, I'd, I knew I wish I'd been a better person. Uh, but he was making bank working mm-hmm. with Harvey. And, oh, you yeah. Know, um, Just like little Miss Gwyneth. Well, and you know that's the princess of Miramax. Let's not forget. Well, she paid. Oh no, I thought <laughs> I mean, Brad Pitt called and stopped the paying. I think there was, a, yeah. I think in her story there was an element of that. It's, mm-hmm. it, it is, it's so tough from the outside in, and that's why I think. Did you hear about the Me Too movement? Mm-mm. So you're not people who don't know Lauren don't know that she is not super into social media. She has a lot of other things going on. You ain't going to find Lauren on the Twitters. Right. No. But a lot through social media, a lot of people then started sharing their own stories of assault, 
of violation and of harassment from using, him or anyone. No, no, anyone using the hashtag being to show too. how broadly this it, it, it goes on. And literally everyone I know posted about it. I mean, oh. I, it's no, it's no exaggeration to say that. That makes it me is. so sad. And yeah. some of them just said hashtag me too and right. left it. Some people told stories. Some people told stories. Some people expressed deep. Um, ambiguity and and, and uh, weirdness surrounding oh does my story count mm-hmm. oh. which was a very interesting well that's to, so but, prevalent in female rape victims. but it was storytelling and the storytelling itself i think is very powerful and and then of course we there is a lot other kind of subsets of things to get into but mm-hmm. um i think stay with your storytelling because i think you're right because now with that example it really became clear to me what you're saying yeah and and it's tough to articulate the ripple effect of that because um, we don't know how things are going to change but but we also don't know what what things have changed internally for people having seen that mm-hmm. what journeys people went on how how exasperated they get how mm-hmm. they felt what myriad emotions came up for them during what that they'll sharing. do the next time what 13 year old girl saw mm-hmm. that in, exactly. in fact a friend and of mine will remember said, at 16 right that she doesn't just because she got in a car with that boy right. doesn't mean she doesn't has mean. to. So it might change the ways we use language to codify these experiences and the ways in which we undermine female storytelling broadly, like what happened to Courtney Love, or like the you know how these famous women kind of need a quorum to come forward, lest they be the one person who is then blackballed. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say that brings it right back to where we started this entire podcast with when we were silenced in the past. Mm-hmm. There was no growth. Right. Um, back to our. Uh, yellow wallpaper mm-hmm. you were crazy right and you were put away if you had desire had feelings spoke your mind the very ridiculed. language of hysteria exactly. or if you go back before that to paganism which was then turned into witchcraft, witchcraft. Right. and demonized right. when it was you know it when it was often healthcare when, yeah exactly <laughs> so your so, whole point yeah. exactly well your whole point about being able and free to speak mm-hmm. whatever your truth may be however relevant it may be however empowering to young girls it, the fact is it's being spoken and it right. is creating change right. and the, regardless and, the, and to bring it back to books the reason I said please talk about Pamela is the very first novel really was was derided for being scandalous and encouraging mm-hmm. poor behavior in women and and it was being shared it mm-hmm. was the beautiful thing about a book is that when you read it you don't use it up you can then give it to someone you don't have to be in the same place you don't have to be at the same time it is shareable and you can have an ongoing conversation with fellow readers i I wanted to i was like let's talk about dirty books this is gonna be serious (laughs) but i have fond memories still of being in middle school and it wasn't my i think we've talked about my first dirty book but this one is my first sort of community of Mm -hmm. experience with please we were passing forever oh yeah around the lunch table to be like oh oh my god did you read he named it oh my god you know and it was (laughs) like the it was the first example of community sharing like, yeah <laughs> and also like i mean we i don't know i was 12 or whatever mm-hmm. and an unsophisticated 12 in a land before the internet right so, oh i knew nothing the things know. i did not know could fill a right. book yeah, yeah and these were like real characters yeah. like it wasn't um because i had around the same time i was reading sexy romance novels mm-hmm. that were somewhat explicit but that's so it was historical and that's so kind of heightened mm-hmm. but this was like in a few years, I'm going to be that at 16, 17 parties. year old and at a boy girl party. Exactly. And, uh, but one of the things that was great was when 
having read it, now you had a secret yes. with these other people. And it felt like we'd made a secret cave mm-hmm. that only the girls knew and none right. of the boys none knew. The boys and knew they it. were like, eh, it's a book because right. boys at 12. Ours was The Flowers in the Attic. Oh, it got passed yeah. around oh that and was it a good one. It, the book yes, they would, it would fall open to the right to pages. that scene. And you all know the scene I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And But I do remember a same, that scene. And there was one called Spying on Miss Mueller, which I don't even think had Ooh. a sex scene, even so far as there was like a like a sexy scene. I wish I could go back and read it because that book also opened up to that page. It may, maybe it was just a kiss. <laughs> I don't even remember. But I do know the. I remember the physical sensation of mm-hmm. a friend handing me that book. Me going to open it and it falling open to right, the, the most book is telling you where you scene. need to go. And it was it was a secret society of mm-hmm. the female readers within the class at twelve. Yeah. Do you have? Did you? Well, have I a- did. I remember Judy Bloom. Definitely, my sister and I were definitely like, "Oh my God, she's mm-hmm. sleeping with her brother." <laughs> Um, that's not Judy Bloom. That's, that's Flowers in the Attic. No, I was referencing <laughs> for, both your yeah. references. Right, yes. I was like, I had moments with both of those, but. No, I really, I think it's talking with my colleagues when I first mm-hmm. started work where I was really like, oh my God, this, has power. this sex scene is cuckoo. <laughs> Can we talk about it in depth right, mm-hmm. uh, and at length? And what do I do to fix it? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because you're an adult. Yes. Um, Back to the silence good Catholic girl mm-hmm. for many years. Well, The I- things I didn't know could fill two volumes Kate right so and I think until I really love I loved my romance novels but we're talking about community and vocalizing it Mm -hmm. and I was the only woman I know all my friends were cool and great and Mm -hmm. would never but they weren't reading romance no all through college I did Mm -hmm. and no one could get it College was my college roommate was also a romance fan, and when I unpacked my Bertrice Small, she was like, "Oh my God, yeah, have you read Johanna Lindsay?" And I was like, "Heart, yay!" Oh, that was meant no to one. Be. Those are the books where the dirty parts would literally fall out of the right. book because <laughs> yeah. from they use. were. Oh yeah, yeah. I will say to to talk a little bit about kind of the shame mm-hmm. of this. Oh, I was embarrassed. Yeah, I actually remember this wasn't a sexy scene. It was the scene, and this is one of my favorite books from childhood. Um, a Tree Grows in Brooklyn. There is a scene in which Frankie is sexually accosted a man corners her a man is cornering girls in the The park no in their building their neighborhood and he accosts her and he pulls his dick out and she sees it and it touches her maybe and her mom takes her in the um her mom saves her essentially from what i remember and scrubs her arm and like tells her what to think about it but i remember being so Nervous that my mom would know that I read that, mm. that I threw the book away. Oh. Rather than, even though I don't think my mom's ever read To Kill Mock or um, Tree Grows Tree in, in Brooklyn, and I don't think she was, would have read it on my recommendation. And to look at it, one would not think, oh, I need to yell at my daughter. And my it's daughter not is reading. filthy no, right? at all. And as an adult, I look back with such compassion on that, but the shame that I felt about even knowing, even having read something. That your parents wouldn't approve of. That my parents wouldn't approve of that I threw the book away. And not only did I throw it away, I I was sick home with the flu or something. I was homesick. You got up. You threw it in someone else's trash. Put it underneath the tissues in the garbage can. Dug down, put it at the bottom with dirty tissues. All I want to say to that is, thank you, Catholic school. Oh, very (laughs) real Catholic school. (laughs) Thank you, Catholic school. There's really nothing else to say. It's it's really incredible to think about how innocuous that was. And that applies to me, too. That's why I can say it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, ladies. It is interesting because, like, 
A friend had given me that book. A few years later, I sought it out again and read it again and was, of course, like, this is nothing to freak out about. Nothing. And um, and gave it to many other people. It, mm-hmm. it was, I love that book. I should read it again as an adult. That, I don't think I've ever read that book. No, it's so good. I read it when I was very young. There I are to go back. scenes from it that occur to me all the time. That is really? so weird. All the time. It's probably why I live in New York. I don't live in well. Brooklyn, but it's probably why. I mean, it probably planted. That's the first that time seed. I remember being aware <laughs> of New York as a place. I know. No point. No point intended. <laughs> I think Shel Silverstein. Whether, regardless of what city it was, in my mind, it was the city. It was New York City. Oh, funny. The one that got me was um, the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil. Basil Frankweller. Oh my God, yes. I love that book. Maybe that was it. That I mean, they and, sleep in the med. Yes, exactly. Oh, that one's not dirty. I no, didn't care no, about Eloise, dirty at all. but Eloise could have made a big in the plaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't I know that I ever Eloise. read Eloise then, but I love that either. and this weird, this weird creature called the Automat, which was baffling to me, Never but described in there. <gasps> It's it's the thing. Oh, where you it's put a quarter cafeteria. in and you get a, and you get a sandwich. Yeah, yes. exactly. And I was like, "What is this weird restaurant where everything <laughs> is in a in a little clear coop?" And you, yeah, I was like, "I want, I want to see that." It alas no longer exists. Ah, ah. Well, <laughs> well, no more. New York is full of pleasures. No, no more uh, New York. Um, I think we should definitely go back to book clubs and how that before we go to our guests which is where I'm going with this book clubs and how that really engenders female communication and I think we should ask Lisey I think we should too All right, shall let's we give her a ring okay you're listening to XOXO After Darkcast Robert would not approve it's a dirty book club dot no one would approve Gloria said, imagining what old Mrs. Smoot would think of a mother who reads about sex while her baby is napping. That's why rule number one should be tell no one. Eyes closed, lips nibbling on a prayer, Liddy seemed to be saying an act of contrition, preemptively repenting for the sins they were about to commit. And rule number two is, a husband's right to privacy cannot and will not be respected. Marjorie added, We have to talk the way we did in high school. I thought you were against rules, Dot snipped as she wrote them all down in her black notebook. Not my own, honey, Marjorie said with a playful wink. Never my own. Dot flipped to a fresh page. So, what are we calling Pact 35? Her pen hovered anxiously above the margin. The Dirty Book Club. Marjorie said, with a credit where credit is due nod to Gloria. Then she lit four lucky strikes, sealed the pact, and began reading the housewife's handbook on selective promiscuity, starting a 54-year tradition that would save them all. Welcome, Lisey Harrison, to the podcast. Thank you. Um, Lisey is the author of the just brand new book, The Dirty Book Club, as well as some Little books called The Click back in the day. Um, and we are so excited to have her here to talk about her novel. Um, so, Lisey, without, I don't want to talk too much. So, why don't you tell us kind of the rough outline of the book and then we'll get into some harder questions? Okay. Well, do you want the elevator pitch or the <laughs> escalator pitch or the walking in uncomfortable shoes pitch? Let's do escalator. escalator. <laughs> I want escalator too. Escalator. All right, ladies. I like it. Um, okay. 
So after being passed up for a promotion, magazine editor MJ Stark leaves New York City and moves to California to be with her hot doctor boyfriend. And once she's there, her only friend is her 72-year-old neighbor, Gloria Golden. <laughs> Gloria's fabulous, but she's 72. Um, one day, Gloria suddenly moves to France to honor a 50-year-old pack with her friends. And instead of saying goodbye, she leaves MJ a mysterious invitation to join her secret 30 book club. <laughs> and when MJ gets there, she meets the three other girls who are just as completely confused and clueless as she is. But over time, they bond over the naughty bestsellers and the shocking letters that were left behind by Gloria and her friends, the original members. And through that bonding and through sharing those secrets and reading those books, they find the courage to rewrite the stories of their own messed up lives. <laughs> Yay, that was a good pitch. I know. I think that's why I haven't stuck in a book club is it doesn't come with awesome secret invitations and swag. Yeah, well, that's a major hurdle. doing something wrong. Yes, I need to <laughs> find better yeah. book clubs. <laughs> so um, MJ is our main character and I found her super interesting as somebody who has um, who is overcoming her own journey toward happiness. Like she kind of gets what she thinks she wants. Um, And so I'm curious to hear what you think about what it was like writing somebody whose life is kind of from the outside pretty great. Well, it seemed probably like, I mean, just like living life. I mean, so many of us encounter people whose lives we think are on the outside really, really great. Mm -hmm. And I personally love the idea of going inside those perfect lives and like rooting around the mess and mm-hmm. pulling out all the damaged goods. Like that's just been my thing. For, I mean, with the click books, with any young adult book I've ever written, the theme that I've always been fascinated with is sort of the errors that people put on to be accepted and to be seen a certain way when really on the inside they're all messed up. And so that's just something that I've always loved. Yeah. And I've always been fascinated with. So for me, that writing about that or looking at that, it comes very naturally because it's kind of my obsession. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What do you think that Gloria saw in MJ that inspired her to, to invite her? I think she saw her younger self or almost she saw that she was a cautionary tale for Mm -hmm. MJ um, in the sense that Gloria also on the outside has a very perfect life. She's got a great husband. She's had a long marriage. She's got her successful kids. She's got everything she wants, a gorgeous house on the beach and her wonderful friends. And so on the outside, everything just looks perfect. And on the inside, um, as she aged and went through life with her husband, she was incredibly lonely. Um, while her husband and her did love each other, she said in the book, love has never been their problem. Mm-hmm. They had other issues, which I will not spoil, <laughs> but I, they were relationship issues, we'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And I think she sees young MJ coming onto the scene following this dreamy doctor boyfriend and thinking, oh, she's going to fall for the hot guy just like I did. Right. For a world of trouble if she doesn't get it together, or at least get a support system like Gloria had. I mean, Gloria and her best friends, the ones that started the Dirty Book Club, are the ones that got each other through the messes of their lives. And I think Gloria thought, okay, MJ needs this kind of support. She doesn't have it. Right. Well, that actually segues really interestingly into my next question, which is about the importance of female friendship and, um, and how talking about something outside of yourself, like a book, can really foster that between women. Yeah, I mean, and especially a dirty book. I mean, that is just 
social lubricant that puts alcohol <laughs> to shame. I mean, it really does. It's, you talk about, you know, with a bunch of strangers. I mean, I had a real dirty book club, and I started it because I moved to Laguna Beach from New York, mm-hmm. very much like MJ, and I didn't know anybody. And I tried joining all these other, like the mom clubs and the bunko groups, and I right. was like, oh, my God, this is so depressing. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> Oh, it'd be depressing for us, too. (laughs) And we started talking about Judy Bloom's book, Forever. And once we started talking about, like, Ralph the Penis, and we all started (laughs) cracking up, and, like, that's the first time I learned what an orgasm was. And someone else was like, I still haven't learned what an orgasm (laughs) was. Like, you suddenly just completely bond over that. And... I'll say this so to- totally cheesy, but you go from zero to sexy really fast. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly there's no topic off limits. I mean, once you go from like, I can't have an orgasm, it's like, <laughs> there's anything else. Then you're friends. Right. <laughs> you're, you're in. You're yeah. in. And yeah. So I think that, you know, reading, especially dirty books, I mean, I know people have great friendships from their own book clubs, mm-hmm. and that's a sorority and a sisterhood in itself. But if you ratchet it up to dirty books, (laughs) then you're really in it for life. Yeah. Now, Lisey, have you, do you have um, dirty book radar now where you can spot the person who's like, ah, she should, she should be part of the dirty book club. Is there a a quality, a quality to the woman who should join this club? Yes. I, that's a good question. Um, I think there's a sort of like lost look in her eyes. Um, and I even get, it's funny cause I get a lot of um, questions on my website, which mm-hmm. still mostly a lot of, you know, the young adult readers go to it's LisaHarrison.com And they're always emailing me with questions like, how do I find friends and oh. I'm having trouble making friends. And the blog I wrote just this past Wednesday was answering two girls questions about, you know, their inability to make friends or find true friends. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I suggested to them is to start a club like this because you get to be the curator of it. You get to pick the people that you think are worthy, Mm -hmm. and then you bring them into the fold. And, yeah, I think that – and they should be small, I have to say. Like, big, dirty book clubs are not – as uh, agreed, good. yeah, yeah. I it's mean, tougher. unintended. You want to keep it tight. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, Lucy's all. Yeah. Uh, Lucy's our people. I can yeah, tell. exactly. I was like, I go to your book club yeah, for sure. Yeah, you want to keep it tight because then people feel like what's in there. They won't be judged. They right. they right. will be. You know, the information won't go anywhere, and you just feel safer in that smaller group when you're going intimate. Yeah, yeah. You have to believe in the vault, right? right. Yeah, yeah, you do. You have to believe in the vault. And you have to respect each other's vault, which is why. I I mean, the girls that are in my club, my real club, mm-hmm. were so excited for so long to read a book about themselves. And I'm mm-hmm. like, guys, I would never do that. Right. <laughs> that would ruin the vault. That would totally destroy the vault, but it would also de- destroy our friendships for sure. Right. The truth, and like, set no. me up for libel. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, your life did not play out in a convenient three-act structure. Right. right. So exactly. I would have to completely distort it, and then they'd get mad. So, so. speaking of writing, um, if you if it's not too much trouble, can you tell us about when you tried to write, when you tried to make the Dirty Book Club dirty? Dirty. Because <laughs> it's not. Because it's not dirty. It's more not about female dirty. friendship. Well, tell that to my dad who read. Oh, <gasps> oh there's one scene oh. that dad might not like. Oh. Horrible. Yes, the um, vibrator montage. Yes. Oh. Which is my favorite scene in the book. <laughs> One of mine, too, I have to say. And he uh, he was just like, wow. 
I didn't think you knew all those things that you know. And I'm like, Dad, it's not that I know them. I just, I listen to what other people right. say. <laughs> what you should have said was, Dad, I can it's look fiction. at the internet. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I don't know anything like that. No, no, it's not on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you ask me? I oh, just about when you tried to make it, like, sexy. Place. When you tried to write a sexy. Yes. I tried to write a sexy book because, well, when I sat down to write this four or five years ago, yes, it was very late. Um, <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey had just hit the scene. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you write, you pitch a book called The Dirty Book Club while Fifty Shades of Grey is swirling about, and suddenly, like, the bar is crotch high for you to <laughs> I love it. Do something the same. And so I try I really like if you saw my iPad, there are so many books downloaded about writing erotica. Mm-hmm. And I I wrote at least a hundred pages four different times trying Yikes. to write erotica. Yeah. And literally like typed the word nipple and I was like, delete, 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 delete. <laughs> I can't do it. It just didn't feel right because my brand, like, I will be an open book and talk about sex. I will talk about anything, Mm -hmm. but I am not a sexy type of person. I I love that. The funny stuff that happens when you're trying to have sex or when you're trying to be happy. I mean, sexy. Like, it's just, I go for the, like, messed up things that happen i you know i'm not a sexy kitty at halloween <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Me neither. So funny. um so you said that you read a lot of books about how to write erotica but i'm wondering what is your favorite dirty book oh god it depends i really like the one of the ones that we read in our book club that we all enjoyed was how to make love like a porn star by jenna jameson amazing mm-hmm. oh that was That's a good it. book <laughs> It was so good. I mean, on a legitimate level, it kind of checked every box. Again, no pun intended. Ah, you're so good. Well, I think it was well written, and I think she had a heart. Mm -hmm. You know, I liked that book a lot. I did too. And then, of course, like there were pictures, so it checks that box too. (laughs) Servicey, exactly. For the most part, I just wanted to know what makes a baby become a porn star. Like that journey of. What choices were made? How does that happen? And it was fascinating just on that level. And then there was, the, you know, the amount of dirt was there as well. But right. from like a pure interest, like psychological level, it was really well done. That's awesome. I actually want to, was there any fiction that you could answer that question as well with? That I liked? Yeah. I mean, I love Fear Flying. Mm-hmm. Um, Vox is a great one. That's a bunch of short stories, all very dirty, that I'm going to Is make that Susie Bright? Big... No, that's um, no. Nicholas Baker. Nichols... Yes. Yeah, Nicholas right? Nicholas Baker. And yeah. <laughs> He's and dirty. Ago, a friend, well, an acquaintance of mine ended up going to the Slammer, and I sent him that book, <laughs> and everybody was like, that was such an asshole move. Why would you do that? <laughs> I thought I was helping the guy out. <laughs> uh, you were. He bartered that thing for 52 packs of cigarettes. <laughs> he, if he was smart, he rented it out for the... Yeah. Exactly. You can't use up a book. Yeah. I do not want to see that book now or what no. can do. Oh, no. Oh, Those pages don't turn. Those pages <laughs> don't Yikes, turn. Abby. <laughs> nope, we're not there yet. <laughs> no. We um, One of the things that's really great, if uh, uh, you're a reader who's sort of 
intrigued, has heard about Fifty Shades or whatever, but doesn't know where to start, is you, you're, the Dirty Book Club, while not being dirty itself, is often almost a primer on, if you would like a basic uh, erotic fiction education, we've picked some of the gems for you, yeah. because you have an excellent reading list in this book. Are those all your favorites, or were you trying to cover kind of the scope of trying to run the gamut of what's out there? Was there a, a method to your choosing or just books you like? There liked? was a method to my choosing in that, you, yeah, so in trying to actually like fictionalize, you have to pick the, the cross-section that works with your narrative, and I wanted each book that I picked to speak to the characters that I was highlighting mm-hmm. in that part of the book, and so it was quite an elaborate process, but fear I so I wanted something that was like right for certain generations right. as the older ones would have read but then you can't do this book without doing 50 shades of gray mm-hmm. no and for me how to make love like a porn star was just like I said it was a great one but also really fun to read Henry and June a classic and mm-hmm. it allowed me to talk about lesbianism which I wanted to do mm-hmm. yeah and Fear of Flying, just downright genius so <laughs> did you do any um Anne Rice on, under Anne Rampling I did. In our book club, we read The Sleeping Beauty, ah. which completely traumatized us. Oh, no. <laughs> completely. Like, I haven't I read that. I past book one, and I'm not kidding. We were like, holy crap. I could not put that in there. Um, That's like, so yeah, funny. Just, it was just the torture. Like, there's Fifty Shades of Grey torture where there's, like, safe words, and there's yeah. love, and there's all, like... It's tor- it's soft in that sense. Yeah, it's really just one riding crop at the end of the day. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Anne Rice sick. is no Anne joke. Anne Rice is like that's. I felt like I was literally being abused while oh, I was reading no. it. Yeah, it was. But God bless her. I mean, we I was like, it. Anne's got a gift. It's <laughs> true. You wanted to be a witch when you were done with the witching hour. <laughs> it was crazy. So, but I, mean, I might do that one as well in my book club book club my facebook one awesome just because you have to have you have to expose people to that or what was it exit to eden that she was oh yeah exit to eden good one um actually you've mentioned something i wanted to ask you about which is the ongoing dirty book club that you're hosting on facebook can you tell us about that yes every month i pick a new um selection that we read and i post discussion topics and looking for people to start commenting there's a lot of members and when i see people they're telling me that they're actually doing the reading of the book oh that's good i would like to encourage some more banter please so Ah. that my opinions aren't the only ones that are going back and forth because i already know what i'm i wonder if people are lurking to kind of see what the tone is before they dip a toe in the waters yeah i I mean i had dinner with someone the other night she's like well i didn't really agree with what you said about oh then debate it and i'm like dude Step on up. Way in. <laughs> yeah, way in. But then I'm also hearing from some other people started some dirty book clubs because of this. So that's all good. That's, that's what very I wanted. Cool. I really, I want to be the Oprah's book club, but for dirty yeah, books. But for dirty books. You're a dirty book ambassador. Um, yeah. Where can people find your dirty book club online? Um, it's Lisey Harrison, the dirty book club at Facebook, on Facebook. Great. Great. So yep. any listeners who want to join, Lisey is ready and raring to go to get some debates going. And what yeah. are you reading? This will go up uh, next week, so it'll be sort of late October. So what's your, uh, uh, I think October was, of course, October your own book, book, right? Yeah. Yep. So what's your November pick? Oh, 
wouldn't do like Oh, we don't get oh, to find it's a out secret. yet. <laughs> don't ask her hard or questions. When Abby. do we when do we get to when do you usually we'll find out November choose. first. Oh perfect. Oh that's okay. good to know. Yeah. I might have to go check it out. Good, that gives everybody just enough time to read Lisey's book if they aren't already doing so, and then finish it up in time for November to jump into the book club. That's right. And like I said, there's discussion topics every day. And right now I'm actually working on a document that is um, 10 things you'd never know about the Dirty Book Club unless I told you. Fabulous. I'm into that. I love it. So those are some little inside things on like names and yeah. Passages and Fun like stuff. That. Insider info. I love insider info. The director's cut of Dirty Book Club. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I am a- actually, if you want to find out more about Lisey, I am going to send her our quick and dirty questions to fill out, um, and then we'll post them on XOXO afterdark.com. If you thought you were getting out of homework, Lisey, you are very wrong, but you can do this in five minutes. Okay. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today on XOXO. Thank you for having me. That was fun. Yeah, and so everybody, everybody go out and get your copy of The Dirty Book Club. By, by the way, best cover ever. Oh, yes. It is. Certainly it really one is. of my favorites. Oh, and I have. Also, let me just say this. Oh, yes. If you want to buy the nail polish that's on the cover oh, yeah. of the book, or the key, I made a necklace out of the key by Goriana, and 50% of the proceeds go to um, Her Story, which is a campaign used to educate girls on how to write stories and advocate oh, for their own lives. That's um, so cool. Uh, if I didn't love her great. already, now <laughs> I'm in. You can go to um, LiseyHarrison.com and go to the shop section of my website, and you'll see all the... Awesome. Dirty Book Club accoutrement in That's there. That's awesome. Excellent. Buy them all and they make a great holiday gift. That is wonderful. <laughs> I agree. And Perfect. we will make sure to get that link up on the post with this episode okay. as well so, so people can people find it. People don't have from... to try that hard. <laughs> right. We're going to spoon feed that to y'all right. so you've I no excuse. It. Well, thank you so much, Lisey, and you take care, all right? Thank you, you too. Happy reading. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. All right, we are back, and we're ready for our game, but how fun was she? She was the best. I love her. I want to be in her Dirty Book Club. Let's go to Laguna Beach. I think I might want to go to move to Laguna for more reasons than the beach. I also feel like she wins for maybe most puns in an interview. I know. She really was, she gave me a run for my money. Yeah, But by the way, I thought they were all appropriate. They were appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so I've created a game for us today. And this game, I think you're going to be very good at it. I think it plays to all of your strengths. So this is a... This is a speed game because oh, you're both. Oh, I always choke Abby, head because head. you're you're both perfectly well equipped to answer these questions correctly. What I've done is just pull the Amazon description for <sighs> some dirty books. All right. Okay. I want it said that you can either say the title or the author. Oh no, you have no, to say you the, have title. To say the title. title. All right. Fine. Because most of these are by authors who have more than one. Got it. Book. Okay. Title. <clears throat> okay. First one. Originally published in 1973. The groundbreaking, uninhibited story of Isadora Wing and her Fear of Flying. Yep. I never read it. I never read it either. That was grad school. Did you read it? Yeah, but in grad school, is like a class rather than a, you know. Um, Okay. The Zipless Fuck. It was great. That is the Zipless Fuck. Zipless Fuck. Yeah. Okay. You've talked about that before. One to Abby. (laughs) Um, That's one point for Abby. I'm recording it diligently. Thank you. Uh, An ambitious intern, a perfectionist executive, and a whole lot of name calling. Beautiful, Beautiful bastard. bastard. Yes. How did you guys know that? Because it's just intern. It, I kept on wanting to go. <laughs> I felt like I'm like it could be oh, Fifty Shades. I did that too. I you like gave it to I Abby. Was, you she shit. Was first. I was first. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. When okay now be careful. This is Trixie. Ooh. When unworldly student Anastasia Steele 
first encountered the driven and dazzling young entrepreneur Christian Grey, it sparked a sensual affair that changed both of their lives irrevocably. Fifty Shades Darker. Fifty Shades Freed. (laughs) (laughs) You really, you did it? And Abby was waiting for you to play yourself. (laughs) I didn't say Fifty Shades. You didn't. And and I haven't. Yeah. I, you know, I, I haven't read either of them, but I was like, but I don't know whichever one. She was going to say right. whatever one you didn't say. Oh, for sure. He was going to get it. Fuck. We would have both been busted, though, but you gave us the hint by tell, by essentially telling us it's not Fifty Shades. Because I didn't yeah, want yeah. you to yeah. shout it's Fifty Shades at me like 800 times. <laughs> no, I got it. I was like, all right. <laughs> all right. You both waited. Exactly. Like, Go ahead. <laughs> um, okay. A mythic warrior who'll stop at nothing to possess her. After enduring years of torture from the vampire horde, this is Chris like Cole, hunger like no other. <laughs> yes, you got it. I was like, she wouldn't have. I did. <laughs> I did. Well, apparently, I needed the help. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's got to be a Cressley, but I'm like, I have no clue what it's hunger. Could be. It was hunger. Um, actually, also, you need to update your metadata on that. Oh, I know. <laughs> ooh, Alana. Ooh, ooh, burn. In the traditional folktale of Sleeping Beauty, the spell cast upon the lovely young princess and everyone in her castle can only be broken by the kiss of a prince. It is an ancient story, one that emerged, originally emerged from and still deeply disturbs the minds unconscious. This is Anne Rambling. Is this the Sleeping Beauty? Anne Rocolaire? Yes. The, what's the title? Oh, Sleeping Beauty. No. What's the, the title? The Erotic Adventures of Sleeping Beauty. So close. The. I don't know. Go to its place deep dark into your mind. It's in there. The. F- Shall I keep reading? It's not going to help. Oh, we know no, what no, the book no, is. No, 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 no. It's. Um, oh, my God. The. F- the it's this. It's like this. The beauty's like the sleep or the beauty's rapture. Oh, beauty's no. It's, it's something. The taming of beauty. Is close. It's the blank of Sleeping Beauty. The taming of sleeping the enrapture. Beauty? No, the rapture. The nope. enslavement of Sleeping nope. Beauty. The awakening of Sleeping no. Beauty. I don't know. Fuck it. All right, we give this one <laughs> up to <laughs> Anne Rice. The the mistress wins. The claiming of Duh. Sleeping Beauty. You were thinking of the trilogy name, which is how they sell it on Amazon. Also, right. whoever does that is metadata it, needs to update that oh, as well. Oh, yes. Is it Anne Rampling or Anne Roklar? Ro- Roklar. It's Roklar. I just said it wrong. Yeah. Over no, she Ryan. writes, because she also she writes other She does write Anne Rampling. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a different... Well, I think we can safely say that Abby won that round. <laughs> I am... I'm the dirtiest. <laughs> You're just quick, and then you played her really hard on Fifty Shades. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks for playing, guys. Um, I hope that you all have fun I will win someday. I <laughs> will. Oh, I think I, it's the name of the podcast, the only one I've ever won. Aww. Like, Swamp Cabbage. Swamp Cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which um, also sounds like a terrible metaphor. That thank you for joining us for another of our um, vaguely political treatises on what books mean in the world. Yes. Exactly. Um, two women. <laughs> two women. And feel free to start your own dirty book clubs now that you know the way to go about it. And uh, if you need a reading list, I'm sure there's one somewhere on XOXO. There um, is. Absolutely can find you one. (laughs) Anyway, until next time, don't forget that the best conversations happen happen after after dark. dark.